0: This is Leslie, Thinking Upwards. You know, right thinking about God leads to right living. In this episode, Alice, Meryl, and Eileen join me as we talk about how God uses marriage to sanctify us and help us grow in greater Christ-likeness through this one-flesh union. What was one of the first things You liked about your husband when you guys started
1: dating? So, Ray has always been a very quiet person because we met at work. So, and he always struck me as someone that is, he's very quiet in the big group people. I mean, you don't take notice of him and you just feel like he was, he didn't even exist. It's that kind of (laughs) chill, But most of all, I think that really struck me is that his heart for people. um, He might not show it very much, you know, when we see him around, but he really cares for um, (laughs) the elderly, especially the people that in my family, because when he first Mm. um, met my family, one thing that he really impressed my parents was that he would actually serve them tea because we went to a dim sum.
0: In the very beginning, we kind of just met as mutual friends and we had you know, formed a relationship by online chatting through um G-chat, I just didn't expect him to move so fast, like fast in the sense that when I was wondering if he, this guy was interested in me, then he asked me on a date. So I didn't have to wait for him. I think the quality that I recognized then was like leadership. Um, because I felt like when he knew he was interested he didn't want to play any games he just made a decision and committed to it and mm-hmm. it, it involved risk like I could have said no mm-hmm. that early on like we didn't even go to the same church yet he wasn't at FCBC yet.
2: All of us really value like faithfulness and like mm-hmm. commitment and I think um, that's something that I really mm-hmm. value in Howie like um yeah maybe he's not like super romantic but when it comes (laughs) down to it like if like if there's something that needs to be addressed or if there's something that we need to strive forward to like he's committed to do it you know and Mm -hmm. like yeah he he'll even say all the time like yeah I know I'm not going to be perfect but like I'm going to try really hard and I believe Mm -hmm. him you know that he does Mm -hmm. try really hard and yeah maybe a couple months down the line it's going to be the same fight in the same
0: conversation again and then he'll say it again but at least he's trying. You know when Meryl and Hanley were dating I remember one time in our uh, young adult fellowship group for whatever reason Hanley was there and he was in tears because he felt so broken by his pursuing Meryl and he was telling us I if I tell Meryl if I could be a lifelong student of her,
3: that is mm. so
0: hearted. Wow,
3: He's so committed. See, Before dating, I, I appreciated that Mike was really funny. And then when we started- He is really
0: funny. Yeah,
3: Quite yeah. funny, unexpectedly funny. <laughs> yeah. But I would say like, once we started dating, what I appreciated the most was like, his servant-hearted nature and humility because um, he used to, like, go around collecting everyone's recycled goods to, like, raise funds for our <clears throat> family at our church. Yeah, he would, he would like, cut up fruits and, like, deliver it to my apartment. I remember just feeling very cared for. And, like, the only person who I felt cared for in that way before was, like, my mom. <laughs> like, really, wow, what a compliment. I know. <laughs> yeah, like, very nurturing and um, thoughtful.
0: What did God intend when he talked about this mystery of oneness and unity between a husband and a wife? think
2: about like in Genesis where um, marriage first started and when in the Bible where it says like and the two shall become one flesh and Mm -hmm. then it says like and they were with each other and they were naked and they were not ashamed you know and I think that's like The picture of oneness, not just like, okay, like physically being one, but I think like being able to look at each other like without shame and in a safe like environment. So, yes, God instituted marriage to be the place where man and woman are physically one, but that physical oneness is not possible without like emotional oneness or Mm -hmm. any other type of oneness, right? Like, if there's a barrier between you and your husband, or if you're not connecting or if you're not spending time with each if there's no relationship, then there's not going to be any physical oneness. So I think just that concept of being able to be that close to someone and to be open and vulnerable and feel um, safe and protected, mm-hmm. I think is the, like what God intended our relationship to be like. Of course that was pre-fall. So after a fall then, yeah, of course, there's that barrier of sin, you
0: know. I think that that whole aspect of vulnerability, like how do you trust your entire being to another person? It,
1: we it naturally have trust issues. I think that when Meryl talked about the oneness, I love how you talk about um, you cannot have the complete oneness or even physical oneness without emotional or spiritual oneness. to Ephesians 5, you know, 22 to thirty two or three, three is to talk about the roles of husband and wife and i love how uh god used the uh, the image like how jesus you know how christ um loves the church this is how the husband will love his wife and give himself up for her but at the same time the wife has to be in the right place to accept that 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 sacrifice that love completely from her husband it's just a church just as the church has to obey and follow jesus um the same way so i do see that um that oneness is really something that i don't think we as sinners can really accomplish well, as maria said that's after the fall the sin entered this world that we cannot accomplish that except when we both, as a husband and wife, really look to Christ at the same time, individually Mm -hmm. pursuing Christ, as well as pursuing Christ together in unity in our marriage.
0: Yeah, the whole aspect of unity, like comes from God, just even in his own essence, the unity or of the Trinity, how they all operate Mm. as one. And also, the picture of the body of Christ, um, it talks about us being one, many parts, many members, mm-hmm. but one body. Right. And in a marriage, like, it's another example of oneness between a husband and a wife. And outside of these contexts, you won't understand, mm-hmm. like, the nature of the, the essence of God's unity. And I think when you just look at the world, like, mm-hmm. you, what do you yeah. see, brokenness? And you right. see just um people who don't know the blessing of being unified there's um you know sin there's consequences there's
3: they don't know how to reconcile like marriage gives us a horizontal picture of the covenant that we vertically have with god and it makes me think about like in the bible language is used like how christ is the bridegroom We, the church, are the bride. Um, Like Revelations talks about how uh, we're preparing for a wedding to to Jesus. God gives us marriage as a wonderful way to put into flesh um, what that covenant relationship looks like. And to echo what I think Meryl said earlier, like, of course, we don't live this out perfectly Mm because of the fall. And so it's very tainted. But even in the way that that we sin against one another in our marriages, Um The way that we can extend forgiveness and um mm. receive one another um, just paints back to how God forgave us like hosea um god God gives us an example of um taking in like a sinful bride, uh, not that like our spouses are like doing any particular type of sin um but we sin against each other all the time and we get those opportunities to extend that horizontal um, grace that we've been given vertically. So Mm -hmm. I think it's like so helpful because if I didn't have an example of marriage, it'd be harder to understand that because it's so
1: tangible. Ali, when you talk about forgiveness, I think that just another way for me to see like, you know, in marriage, we are just so, in need of the forgiveness you know and mm-hmm. uh, like you said you know like yeah we constantly sin against each other you know yeah because we are two sinners that by god's grace that we can be together you know we decided to come together um to pursue marriage and to really experience god's grace every single day and yeah. his forgiveness i feel like you know what we've been married for so long then how come he still doesn't get it and then <laughs> But when I think about it, it's like, well, him, I think the same thing about me, you know, we've been yeah. <laughs> married for so long. How come she doesn't get it? <laughs> it's like, so, so this blaming thing could go on and on and on, you know, so when's going to stop, you know, and yeah. then, but like you're saying, you know, God take that proactive step to reach down to us, reach out to us, um, so that we can have, you know, his grace and his grace, yeah. uh, his redemption, you know, can, it can accomplish so many things that, that sin destroys. In know. marriages that are not Christ-centered,
0: it's their marriage is not built on grace. It's built on fairness. It's built on individualism. Yeah, exactly. It's built on a little bit more like eye-centered, um, like let's, let's split everything in half. And they're, they're still reserving um, things that they don't know if they can fully entrust to their spouse, or they're just two mm-hmm. people living in the same household doing completely separate things. Seeing the example of my parents, everything was a shared bank account. There was no such language as my money, your money. And I think that's a very tangible example of oneness because uh, finances is a very touchy topic. Um, most people don't like it when you tell them how to spend your money. And so I, I think like that's a tangible example of something that we actively said, we're going to we're going to demonstrate oneness by sharing a bank account and there's not going to be this idea that I need to reserve some for myself you know there are like non-christians who have like
2: really good marriages like even better than people who would be like professing believers
0: Christians yeah
2: and I was just thinking like hmm I don't know, it made me, it made me really think right, like, because mm-hmm. people are always in Christian circles, always talking about how like, oh, the husband is supposed to be a leader and the wife is supposed to submit and this is painting like this perfect picture of like a good marriage. But it's like, that's not true, necessarily, mm-hmm. if like non believers could have these really good marriages where they could mm-hmm. be so faithful for like 80 years or whatever, you know, mm-hmm. and they would say like, yeah, my husband is really loving, he's really sacrificial the goal is not to have like a, a perfect mm-hmm. marriage, like the mm-hmm. goal is ultimately like God's sanctification in us. Mm-hmm. And i was just thinking like, mm-hmm. man, I think I really need to be married because I need to be more sanctified. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, wouldn't, I was like, I don't think I'd be able to be sanctified mm-hmm. without marriage and without mm-hmm. motherhood. Oh, that makes it so much harder for someone who's a, not a believer, who is blessed, like, by the God's common grace of having, like, a wonderful yeah. life, to, like, see the need for Jesus, right. you know, because right. it's like, yeah. well, like, look at all these other Christians who have messed yeah. up marriages, like, yeah. why would I want to subject my life to, like, yeah.
3: this
0: Jesus that they're talking about? What are some things that you have had to
3: sacrifice as an act of love for your husband? the one that comes to mind in terms of sacrifice is like me time. Um, yeah, I, When I get home from work, um, wanting to spend it on like just recharging myself or doing whatever I wanted to do. When I came home from work and Mike needed help with different things, um, I started growing like resentment or frustration or impatience at him. And um, I felt like I deserved like time to recover or time to rest.
0: You think you're a saint until you get married and then you realize like how much selfishness was in your heart.
3: True. <laughs> that's how I feel. <laughs> I
1: thought you were saying that everyone is sane until you get married. Oh, saint. Oh, saint, I should say, like I should yeah. say everyone is sane until you have kids. I'm sorry.
2: <laughs> I was going to say that's a more accurate uh, statement right there.
3: And it made me think about all the
0: training that my mom gave me and how you know a lot of our time was spent in the kitchen together we would just mm. she would teach me how to make some meals all of that came in handy when i had to do it all by myself every single day and it's like wow food doesn't just come onto the table like you got to have a shopping list you got to go shopping you got to fill the fridge, you got to cook it, clean the dishes, and cycle through that so that you, there's food on the table. It was really shocking for me, like how much work I had to put in just to feed the two two people now. That's that's a lot of people to feed. Um, so yeah, I feel like And now you're that, feeding five. <laughs> I have been promoted, yes
2: you guys know Alice is a good cook right yeah I feel like it's always like really like good and you feel like healthy like oh it's good and you
3: feel good (laughs) yeah yeah your family looks very um healthy and well nourished
1: (laughs) I have two like growing growing boys at home it's like oh my gosh you just feel like I totally feel you like less it's like every time i will go grocery shopping my refrigerator was full right and i told you the week everything just like what happened everything's <laughs> empty there's nothing in the refrigerator i was like <laughs> what happened
0: here do you, do you guys still go through how many gallons of milk oh a week?
1: my gosh at least like four yeah four gallons of milk a week huh? in a week in a week with two boys i mean it's crazy
0: <laughs> you know when i learned after I got married was that marriages will no longer be when we go to heaven. Mm -hmm. We're going to get something even better than marriage, which marriage is supposed to be a foreshadow of, which is the perfect unity with Mm -hmm. Christ um, and his bride. So we will all be (laughs) uh, exponentially more united than a
3: husband and wife can be on earth. Thanks for saying that and pointing our eyes heavenward because I think it's easy for, for me to just think about marriage here on earth. Our spouse's greatest need is not each other, it's Christ. Yeah. And so, mm-hmm. yeah, I think like my temptation probably would be to try to find like fulfillment just in this yeah. earthly marriage and to not um, look to Christ. So that, was, that was really encouraging.
0: Marriage is the doing of God for the glory of God. Marriage does not complete a person, but true completion is found in Christ. Join us next time on the Walnut Women podcast. Thanks for listening. But that was when he was humbled because he was trying to win your heart. I think,
2: yeah, I was just not having it. (laughs)
1: But well, that was so yeah. sweet though. I mean he wants to be the learner about yes, you he, for the rest he, of his he, life. And I then think that's he had
2: to be. Otherwise we wouldn't have we wouldn't have made it.
1: Yeah, but I, I just like, if he wasn't
2: so persistent, we wouldn't have
1: uh, made it. But I talked to Ray, I, I, I wouldn't I d I don't lecture him, but he would just tell me, so you know what though, I think you can just make it more Concise, concise. <laughs> I am just like, We're trying to tell me. So, you know, why are saying like 10 sentences? What you actually mean is in two sentences. You can just do that in two sentences. <laughs> I want, to, I want to emphasize my point. Before, when I say something, he will start giving me all the solutions. I think I showed this in a young group too. Then something I would tell him, you know what? I don't really need you to give me a solution. I don't want you to be a problem solver. I just want you to be a listening ear. Yeah. So now, like, when I talk, 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 and he would just like, listen. And he says, he would not say a word. I was just like, but are you engaging with me? Are you are you <laughs> understanding what I'm saying? He said, yeah. I said, but he's like, well, but I won't say a word until you ask me.
2: <laughs>
3: Thank
2: you, Haley. Where's their hu- who's their husband? Do you know their husband? Yeah. yeah, you do. You don't know any of their husbands. No. Who's Auntie Leslie married to?
3: <laughs>
2: who's that? Who's that?
3: <laughs> you know who that
2: is. Uncle Mike. Uncle Mike. Oh, oh. he's gonna be
3: so happy you remembered him. <laughs>